Hello and welcome to Don't Talk About It. I'm your host, Dean D. And today I've got a little story that actually happened this week. It's called Mirror Image. So, for some of you who've been listening, you probably are aware that I am an identical twin. So, one thing that I feel is benefit about this, beneficial, obviously my mouth is not working yet, is that you learn this kind of family behavior through modeling. You know, we've talked about how we learn things from our parents, and we, you know, pick up these behavioral traits because our parents have been modeling them for us, or our, you know, our boss has been modeling for us, but there's these different leadership roles where we model behaviors and then the people who are following those leaders are the ones who tend to model that behavior. So for this situation, it's a parent with child. And so, you know, we model a lot of our behavior comes from the modeling that we observe with our parents. And so being an identical twin and having one mother, my brother and I learned a lot of similar behavior. And so when I was younger, I would do this thing where I would watch my brother. And I know that sounds creepy. I'd watch my brother. I'm not a stalker. What I meant is my brother would act in a way that would catch my attention. And it was usually because it was a behavior I did not like to see. And, for example, my brother would get very set on something. And it was like no other option was even acceptable. It had to be this very specific thing. So, like, one example would be going to Baskin-Robbins. 31 flavors. And you're set on bubblegum like that's your flavor that's what you're going down there for and you get down there and they're out of bubblegum even though there's 30 other options to present to you all are unacceptable and so my brother you know got upset and he'd lash out and um you know because his flavor wasn't wasn't there and this didn't actually happen it's just an example uh But I would watch my brother do this, and then most of the time it dawned on me that if he's doing something like this, I'm probably doing something like this too, because we've both modeled this. Or we've we've both learned this from our mother, who's been modeling it for us. So, it's kind of funny how that sometimes doesn't change. And... Here's what I mean, is we do this mirroring image sometimes where we see a behavior and usually it triggers something in us like, oh my God, that is, oh my God, that is. And it catches our attention. And sometimes it catches our attention because it is a behavior that is just like really unacceptable to us. And that could be the case a lot of times. 
But other times we catch a behavior possibly because it's the one that we are doing ourselves. And so this mirroring image for me was being able to recognize the behavior and see it in myself. So it's like being open, being vulnerable. And so what happened this week that's kind of funny to this relation is, you know, growing up, I would always watch these behaviors come out in my brother and I knew they were coming out in me too. And so it was like this little mirror image of like watching yourself and then learning from that. And so this week, you know, I've been at a new job for a while and um, it's got some really exciting projects and some really exciting potential. And I'm, you know, knee deep into these things. And I'm just so excited about what's possible and what we're building and what's yet to come. And it brings me back to the ice bath of, you know, sitting in the ice bath, staring at the clock, waiting for the time to get past. And not recognizing that I was doing that until I saw it somewhere else. And so with this new job, there's these exciting horizons coming up, but you know, they're probably six months out, seven months out, especially with COVID. There's a lot of ideas that we have to open up to the community, to open up engagement. And I'm working in a, um, a memory care retirement community And so we're working with people who really need help. Um, We also are working with people in assisted living, people who really need help, not people who are making the decision to go live a lavish life of retirement luxury. These are, you know, people who are, I would say, more needing to move out for a safety reason. Um, But once we get them and they're living with us, we're having a great community, we have a great time, And that's when we introduce, you know, a better life, a safer life, more engaging life. But all these, you know, take time and building. And with COVID, there's no entertainers that could come into the community right now. And I have a list of like 300 musicians and I can't even hire one of them to come in and play because of the state rules that prohibit us from bringing people in unless they're a primary care provider and there's all these hurdles that are in the way and I'm sitting in this ice bath and I'm waiting for the time to get there where I can get out of the bath and start moving and that's what I'm doing with these projects is you know I'm laying the groundwork and this is great and I'm having a good time but something hasn't been feeling right And I've been feeling very anxious lately. And I've been trying to figure out a little bit of why. And I know it's because I started a new job. So there's probably some anxiety there. And I know it's because we just had a huge dynamic change. You know, my wife is now working from home about 15, 20 hours a week. And I'm going out to work every day. So I'm sure there's a little bit there. But it didn't actually dawn on me until I talked to my brother this week. And so we spoke Wednesday night, and I was asking him how his work was doing. And my brother is an engineer. Um, He's a double major in in manufacturing and industrial. He's got a very, like, 
analytical brain, but at the same time, he's very, very creative. And so he has like this kind of engineering superpower where he can look at all the numbers in an Excel spreadsheet. But then he has like this creative way of changing the flow of the process, which changes those numbers. And then he ends up with better results or, you know, he comes up with a new design. Um, and so he's very like versatile in what he's able to do. And so he's sharing with me on Wednesday that this week he is started this new project that he's really excited to get underway, but it has to wait because there's some groundwork on this formulating that he's doing to set the foundation to build what he's ultimate idea is to build and so he has his idea sitting on his desk it's all in his design programs and he's ready to pull the trigger in his mind but he doesn't have the groundwork set up and that is what is going to take time is setting up the groundwork to get that exciting new project underway and he's sitting there on the phone chatting with me about this and I'm, you know, sitting on the couch, drinking a glass of whiskey, just listening to him, enjoying my time. And then it dawns on me. And it brings me right back to childhood where I would watch my brother do something, whether it was a behavior I liked or a behavior I didn't like, I would learn from it. And as I'm observing and listening to my brother it dawns on me again and I see it instantly. We're both doing the ice bath. We're both not enjoying and taking the time to be present where we are on in our projects, in our space at work. And we're coming across with this anxiety in our voice, this anxious tone because we're both living in the future, constantly living in the future in our minds. We have these projects. We're trying to get them done. We're trying to get to the next stage. But you know what happens when you get to the next stage? You make another stage to get to. So it's not like you get there, you reach your goal, at least for me and my brother with our behavioral traits. We tend to accomplish a goal, and instead of appreciating it, we just automatically set the next one. And I realize that that's what we're doing. We are living in this patience angst where we're trying to get to the final point of our project. And I just start smiling to myself in this conversation. And um, my brother goes, what? And so I must have been smiling hard enough for it to come through the phone because we were not FaceTiming. And he goes, what is it? And I explained this to him that I'm doing the same damn thing with my job right now is I'm so excited about where we're going that I'm like constantly in this angst to get there. And, you know, I've, I recognize this Wednesday night. I backed off on Thursday and Friday and Thanksgiving being in there really helped me slow down because it's not a busy week. And 
it was that like mirror image of recognizing that, oh my God, this is a behavior that I do. And I'll take it one step further. You don't have to be a twin to see this. So my mother just had a surgery and, um, it's, it's, uh, one that's going to take a little time to heal from. And I'm on the phone with her Thursday. We're enjoying a nice cup of coffee for Thanksgiving. We decided to FaceTime each other. Um, because of the surgery and because of COVID, we don't want to do any interaction. I would feel terrible if I gave my mother something, especially when she was fresh out of surgery. I don't know if I'd be able to live with myself. So we did a FaceTime Thanksgiving. And it started off with a nice little cup of coffee. And I'm sitting there talking to her and I'm asking her how her surgery is going. And it's a recovery, you know, so there's like a timeline. And she's talking to me about her therapist who told her that she needs to slow down because she's pushing herself and the recovery is on a certain timeline. So even though her muscles are stronger and recovering quicker the bones and the other parts like the swelling and the circulation and all those other factors that come into play take time to get back to where they were. And so just because you're able to do something doesn't mean it's good for you to actually be doing it. And my mother got this nice little lecture from her therapist about how fantastic she's doing, but she needs to slow down. She needs to be, and here comes the word, patient. And I started laughing because it's like, it's this full circle family tree. No wonder why my brother and I have learned this level of angst. I'm listening to my mother here talking about this surgery. And instead of telling me like all the great she's doing right now, she's telling me all the great she's going to be doing. And I just had to laugh to myself and I thought you know in this family tree we really do learn things however if we don't step outside and look in the mirror to see that this behavior is probably a direct reflection of what we're doing because we've learned it so if if the the sister is doing it, it's probably something we're doing if mother is doing it it's probably something we're doing unless we're aware of it and so if you don't see yourself in the mirror within your own family tree, it means that you're probably, in my opinion, doing a lot of the same behaviors. So that level of awareness was what really hit me this week. I saw it in my brother with his job. I saw it in my mother with her surgery. And then I saw it in myself. And it, and after speaking with... You know, my therapist this week, it made me realize we came to this conclusion that there's this level of angst that always runs in my family because we are on to the next in our lives always. And that that was something that was learned. And it was my therapist got a, a, a really big laugh out of the fact that I was able to recognize it in this triangle between my brother and my mother. So... The lesson for today with this is being open and aware 
to see things in yourself. Because even though, you know, I thought that I wasn't doing this with my job. And I was like, oh, you know, I've got this anxious feeling. It's probably, and I was trying to pinpoint it in all these areas. And sometimes we don't have to try to figure it out. Sometimes it just hits us if we're aware and we're open. And we're not really like closed off. To hearing how factually the details are the same in every situation. We're somewhere and we're wanting to be somebody else, be somewhere else. We're one place in time and we're trying to get to another place in time. That is the common theme amongst all of us. And from that is what I learned this week. Recognizing that awareness in others also means recognizing it in ourself. And sometimes it's really hard to, unless we have a mirror that we can see this in. And maybe your mirror isn't looking at your sister. Maybe it's not looking at your dad. Maybe it is just paying attention to how you feel in those moments. Are you anxious? Is your heart controlled at a slow, rhythmic pace? Are you up? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling bad? So if you don't have like a mirror to look at, sometimes the mirror has to be self-reflected in you through recognizing feelings. So, thank you for your time. Thank you for your ears. Stay tuned. Next week... I'm going to have a guest on who I'm really excited about. Enjoy the day.